Now then, welcome back, Shadows, to another episode of the Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive with me, Eggs Benedict, and Alison Barton Simmons. Hello. Hello, Alison. You all right? <laughs> yes, I'm fine, thank you. Are you? I'm okay. Have you had any good sleeps this week? I've had a lot of good sleeps this week. Thank good. you. Who was that comedian who said, um, at the Edinburgh Fringe, I think he won the award one year for the best joke. It was something like, sleep's my favourite thing in the world. It's the only reason I get up in the morning. <laughs> was it Tim Vine? It sounds like one of his, but I don't think it was him. Um, anyway, so we are um, doing The Good Life for our first series. Every week we go through the next episode in sequence of The Good Life and we pull it apart and have a look at it, decide who the most valuable player in each episode is. We have a look at the fashion and we just chat shit randomly. We do. There's all sorts of stuff to talk about, isn't there? I'm, I'm, I'm still blown away that we are so far into the good life, um, and there's still just so much to talk about. There's loads, isn't there? Yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was looking at some of the articles that I'd researched, and I just thought we haven't talked about this or that, or mm-hmm. so. There's still tons. So. Um, you can listen along and watch along with us. Uh, all the episodes of The Good Life are available to stream for free on Daily Motion. We tweet out and Facebook link out each week so you can watch the show before you listen to us. Or, you you know, if you're a subscriber to BritBox or you've got the DVDs, whatever floats your boat, you can watch the show and then listen to us. Um, so that's the admin. Now, last week, Al, mm. you had some homework, but I can't remember what it was. It was... Oh, hang on. What was it? Don't know. I can't remember either, but I do remember we talked about pampas grass being. Um, it was, was it pampas grass. I think there was mm. two things we weren't sure about, but pampas grass definitely we discovered is the sign or was the sign in the seventies and eighties of swinging of a, a household of swingers. Yeah, I'd heard this. Um, oh, I think it was a, f- a friend that had, that had mentioned it, and we were joking about the fact that pampas grass in a front in a front garden. Um, and it's the big, long. They look like ears of corn, like ears of wheat. Mm, and I remember. they're in like a big, a big bunch. And you see them in in the front gardens of sort of Barrett houses, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, red brick built houses. They're often sort of swaying away in the wind at the, at the front of the house. And they were swinging to away, be in fact, swinging away <laughs> at the front of the house um, as an indication that there were swingers. Um, inside the property. How did that um, work? Did then, people then just go and knock on the door and go, uh, aye, aye, <laughs> nudge, nudge? I don't know. Was there just like a lot of winking on the doorstep? Winking on the doorstep. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not being part of the swinging community, I'm not really sure I can't how, imagine how that you would just... I mean, certainly I suppose if there was an organised swing night and you said, here's the estate, look for the pampas grass, that would make sense. But I can't yeah, see Yeah, but that... what if there's like loads of houses on the estate with pampas grass? You just yeah. like, do knock a door run until you get let in. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Stand up dogging in the bushes, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, a dogging cul-de-sac. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare estate. <laughs> but yeah, so I was surprised <laughs> to learn pampas grass is real and, and the sales of the stuff plummeted when this happened because people were like, shit, I'm not having that in my garden. Just rip it up. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's still a sign. If you're a swinger, get in touch. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. yeah. No judgment here. I do. I do see how when I'm because I, I, I walk quite a bit, and um, when I see pampas grass in in front gardens, it, it does make me. Oh, so you do. You do still see it. Out still and about. see it. Still, still see it. Usually on 
um, Barrett Estates that were built during the 70s and 80s. Um, there are other house builders available, um, but you see them still knocking about. And I wonder, oh, do they not know? Or I'll, are they swingers? I'll give you 20 quid if you if you just randomly knock on a few doors and wink. <laughs> and ask. And then it's research <laughs> for the podcast. If they say, what are you doing, you mad bastard? You say, yeah. it's just an experiment. Don't mind me. Go yeah. about your day. And disappear. Right. But if you end up getting bummed, I'm not it's, to blame. It's, it's all down to me, isn't it? Yeah. I, I will... I might... If, if I see something in someone's garden and I know them, yeah. I might bring up the subject with them rather than knocking on random strangers' doors. Isn't that worse? Because then they might think you're dropping hints about what you and Johnny oh, want God, to do. Oh, God, yeah. They might think it's an invitation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to get involved in that. That's a hot potato, isn't no, it? We have to rely on a listener being a swinger and letting us know. <sighs> get in touch, please. Save me from myself. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get stuck into this week's episode, which is a tug of the forelock, by the way, mm-hmm. series three, episode three, um, I've got a bit of a game for you, Ben. Would you like to join in? Oh, what do you think? Um, it is. Um, it's a version of 80s game show Blankety Blank. Good life, Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank. Good life, Blankety Blank, Blankety Blank. Good life, blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you or listeners remember um, the the sort of premise of, of how blankety blank works, but I'll just give you a quick run through. Okay. So um, so so that you're aware. So I gave I give you quotes from the first two and a bit series that we've watched on on. Um, the good life yeah and um, the quotes I take words out and I use the word blank and you've got to try and replace the words and for extra points you've got to tell me who said it yes okay fair enough is that alright I think this blankety blank um, it had constant reboots in the UK so everyone should be familiar with it and even in America I believe that they had a version of blankety blank they renamed it probably knowing them gappity gap or some shit like that (laughs) yeah but they should know what it is as well. So let's just go for it. Okie dokie. Right. Here's number one. Are you ready? I am. So the quote, I'm going to have to do it in, do all these in a very sort of straight voice. So You're not going to do Les Dawson. Give it away. Yeah, right. Ready? My mother-in-law. <laughs> but you are very dear friends. And by now I have risen like a phoenix from the blank of your blank. Oh. I know Margot said it. Oh, Margot did say it, one point for you. A couple of episodes ago, and it was... It is quite a recent one, yeah. It was, because then Pig, then Tom went on to shock her by talking about the pig getting impregnated. But the actual words, um, I have risen above the vulgarity. There's no vulgarity in there, I'm afraid. What was the next bit? Uh, Vulgarity of your... Nope. But you are very dear friends, and by now I have risen like a phoenix from the blank of your blank. From the flames of your disgustingness. I don't know, I can't remember. (laughs) Kind of. Do you know what? Yeah, you're on the right lines there. I'm not going to give it you. Okay. But um, it was like a phoenix from the fires of your eccentricities. Of course it was. Yeah. But you were on the right lines. I'll give you one point. No, I don't, for, I don't for... want your charity. No, shove it up your ass. I'm going to give it you. It's the. Nope. You've got two points because you, Margot, you said Margot. Oh, I and didn't say Margot. You've got the gist of it. Okay. I'll let you have 
There was two blanks, and I'll let you have one point because you were on the right lines. Thank you. This next one, number two. Brick by brick, she is blank a blank. Ooh, now that's a tough one, isn't it? Brick by brick, she is blank a blank. Sure. Is it Margot again? It is not Margot. Damn it. Tell me who it is, and that might help me get it. It was Jerry. Uh, so she, so he's talking about Margot. Brick by brick, she is. No, no idea. Oh, Sorry. brick by brick, she's building a madhouse. Of course. I can't remember the episode. It's quite a recent one. It was the one where... Oh, do you know what? I can't think off the top of my head which one it was, I'm afraid. I think in Blankety Blank, the... Um, Z-list celebrities that they had on. Yes. They'd, they'd write down something ridiculous, wouldn't they? So I think if I can't come yeah. up with something, I just need to think of you something ridiculous. You need to ridiculous. give me something really bad. Okay. Yeah. Are you wishing for an Amsterdam quiz? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love an Amsterdam quiz right, right about now. <laughs> right, okay. So this is a, two, a sort of two... It's a two-tiered one, this. We've got two people speaking, but there's only blanks in one person's response. Okay. Okay, so... Hello, girls... Had a good gossip. No, we've been playing blank, blank with the blank. I know this. Oh. Hello, girls. Had a good gossip. No, we've been playing blank, blank with the blank. <laughs> oh, I know. I know that it's Barbara, isn't it, who's responding? It is. One point. But I can't. It's not where they were playing cards, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. We've been playing spin the bottle with the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> with the electric toothbrush slash vibrator. Nope. It's no, we've been playing strip poker with the... The pigs. The cats. Postman. The chicken. No. <laughs> <laughs> with the pigs. <laughs> no, that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> oh, it's not the pigs, I'm afraid. You did get one point, though, for knowing it was Barbara. <laughs> so what am I on? Two points out of a possible six? Three so far oh. out of... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, three points not... out of seven, eight, sorry. Is that awful? Is that it or is another it's not, one? I'm not done yet. Okay. Oh, I've got five, actually. I thought I had four, but I've got two more. Right. Okay. You should be doing what you are doing, and that makes you a blank blank. You should be doing what you are doing. And that makes you a blank blank. It was... I'll give you a clue. It was when they were in the frenzy of mending of having to mend things and that yeah. being the thing that they needed to do um, when the knights were drawing in. You should be doing what you are doing and that makes you a... I th I'm going to take a guess at who it is. Go on. I'm going to take a guess that Barbara says this to Tom. Is it the way around? Tom says, Tom says this to Barbara. Damn it. And that makes you a useful person. <laughs> Clever dick. Oh, I was on the right lines. <laughs> you were. 
And our final question, are you ready? Yep. Hit me. You haven't been gardening in a dinner jacket. Certainly. You've heard of the blank blank, haven't you? <gasps> oh. Tom says it. Yes. Tom says it, but certainly you've heard of the gentleman. The, the, oh, fuck me. Yeah? The gentleman farmer. Yay! Yay! Oh, you can't, I, can't, you, I can't begin to explain how relieved I am to have got one right. <laughs> Three points. So you've got, out of a possible 15, you've got six. That's not awful, is it? That's all right. That's And they were quite hard. I think because they're in my head as things that I remember, the expectation is that you remember them as well, and that's not the way things work. No, that's not different the way things that stick in your head, heads, don't they? Heads work, yeah. I enjoyed it, though. I think we should do that again. Cool. All right. Well, should we have a look at um, episode three of series three, A Tug of the Forelock? Let's do that. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So we open outside in this one with that weird grainy 25mm film that jars so much with the internal studio stuff, don't we, Gwen? Yes. It always just looks like, this isn't the good life, it's something else. And then you realise it's just because of that juxtaposition. Um, but we've got the goods sort of um, trying to bring in uh, some wood on their knackered pram. On the mackered, mackered, the knackered, the knackered pram with with the uh, pram wheels, yeah, yeah, and they're not getting on. They seem things seem a bit tense because Barbara gets a dig in about her lack of horse. Yeah, from last Brian week. the horse mentioned again. Yeah, um, and it just seems like things aren't um, perfect at Chez Toi. Chez <laughs> Toi. Um, so yeah, and then of course they spot over the fence, don't they? That Jerry is mowing his own lawn. <laughs> it looks a bit weird, doesn't it? Seeing him. Sort of getting on with 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 um, manual labour. Well, he's got wellies on, and he's only he's only mowing the lawn. I mean, it seems a bit OTT, doesn't it, to put your wellies on? The, I know, but they are the kind of couple that have like a uniform for anything that involves beyond sitting on the couch and drinking gin or going to the office. I suppose they have, so. They seem they seem to have to put on specific clothing for for specific jobs. I was surprised though how shit his lawnmower looked. I mean, obviously it was the seventies, but. It yeah. looks so basic. You would have thought that the the Leadbetters would have a primo lawnmower, you know, a top of the range. But usually it's Mr. Pearson that does it, so maybe they just don't give a shit because it's him that's got to... Break his back. ...deal with it. Yeah, and Mr. Pearson, I can imagine, looks after um, and oils it and cleans it, so they're not going to be bothered. Maybe not. Have you, I was just thinking, having said that lawnmowers mm. back in the day were probably a bit crap, have you ever seen that clip of Dennis Thatcher mowing the lawn at presumably... Downing Street, if they have a lawn at Downing Street. No, no. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Thatchers, as you know. Yeah. But if you say what you'd say, one thing about Dennis Thatcher is that that motherfucker can handle a lawnmower. Really? <laughs> well, you he see, plays back into it. Oh, well, you see the clip. He's got this like crazy huge industrial lawnmower, and he's pushing it by hand. It's electric or oh. petrol, yeah. probably. Right. And the turning circle, how he does it is amazing. Honestly, I'll tweet out. I'll tweet out this video of Thatcher, Dennis Thatcher mowing the lawn, <laughs> and you'll be like, "That is impressive. That's the most impressive thing a Thatcher's ever done." What did you type in to discover this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, it's my niche porn, isn't it? Um, no, I, I think it was just somebody shared it on Twitter or something. 
I'd like to see this. I'll find it and I'll, re- I'll, I'll retweet I it mock, out. but I would like to see it, yeah. Anyway, so um, the goods teased Jerry extensively over the fence before sort of heading back inside. And um, when they're back inside, Margot bursts in, doesn't she, with a vacuum cleaner-related <laughs> yeah. crisis. Yeah, and it is a crisis. It is, yeah. Um, but the crisis is, Al? It's that the vacuum cleaner has filled up so much that it's whistling and both Tom and uh, Margot are unaware that that means just take the bag out and empty it. Dead easy. Which which Barbara says several times. Yeah, whereas Tom's busy sort of getting tools out in his head to, to fix it and I'll do this and I'll do that and then we'll, we'll do this. And yeah, countless times Barbara just says... It means that it's full, just empty it in the bin, which she just does in the end. She just gets on with it. She's like that um, Arabella Weir character in a fast show, isn't she? Can anyone actually hear me? <laughs> yeah. I tell you what would be a good idea. Let's change the bag. <laughs> and they just carried on, carried on talking over her. Yeah, poor Barbara. Barbara often knows best, though. She's just very sort of keeps it simple. Yes. I think, though, um, what, what comes to light is that the reason Jerry and Margot are uh, behaving so domestically for a change is that they're hired help, who mm. up to this point we've never seen. I, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I don't think so. But they have, I mean, it's no no surprise that they have hired help, but um, a couple called the Pearsons who have gone off on holiday to Canada for a whole month. Yeah, to see families, see grandchildren. I, I thought to myself, the Ledbetters must be paying quite well if they can afford to take a month off to go to Canada. Mm. But um, yeah, so they've, they've effectively got live-in um, help. Well, not live in, but they've yeah. got um, regular man and yeah. woman to do everything. Yeah, it sounds everything. like a daily thing, isn't it? That the, yeah, Mrs. Pearson cleans and uh, Mr. Pearson looks after the garden. It probably is a daily thing, because in the previous episode, Margot had mentioned making a sacrifice and going down to two days a week for the cleaner. Yeah. So she probably does have her oh. in every day in the week. Mm. And obviously, um, the, the obvious solution to that would be to get some temporary help in. But Margot um, replies that, People are, are spending too much time listening to that Clive Jenkins person who was a, was the general secretary of the British White Collar Union. Right. He was a Labour union leader, effectively. So that's a first dig, okay. at, dig at the union leaders, yes. out of the way. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, the goods are a bit perplexed. Like, what's the problem? They've only gone, gone away. Why can't you just crack on, you know? And then... Yeah, it's only a month. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Margot says, well, the problem is these, they're beginning to look like yours, and waves her hands about. Yes. <laughs> and then describes herself as not one of nature's little housewives. Yeah. It's a good job Barbara's oh. um, uh, thick-skinned, isn't it, really? And- yeah. It, it seems to be like water off a duck's back with Barbara. She just sort of takes it in, in jest. Yeah. Um, she knows what Margot's like. Doesn't really rise to it. No. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Good life. Good life. So um, then we see, um, after Margot sort of clears off, we see that Barbara is um, planning to get down the pond to look for uh, some dumped pram wheels. Some more pram wheels, yeah. That doesn't exactly paint Surbiton as a middle-class sort of nexus, does it? No. If there's, like, dumped pram wheels in the pond. But um, there you go. Tom has the idea instead to essentially strap the rotary cultivator to a man-made cart. Yes, in order to create his own car. Genius. Yeah, it's quite innovative. It is. Ambitious, you have to say, but yeah, innovative. Yeah. I like it though. He's obviously got like a tinkering mind of a of a an engineer, like a draftsman 
engineer is is always able to come up with an answer to 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 problems the problems that need solving in terms of like what how can we fix this he seems to be the one that yeah he's on hand he's a problem to do solver that. and as you said in the previous episode that these sort of men in the 70s they seem to be more able as a generalization at least to apply themselves to practical yeah. problems and come up with practical solutions and that's what tom's trying to do here to their mm. um, transport issues because obviously there's no brian the horse and the existing cart is a piece of shit yes the only problem is they don't have £1.28 in the bank because, as usual, they're literally <laughs> destitute. I was just going to say, imagine having £1.28 in the bank. I mean, it's mm. be, it'd be terrifying, wouldn't it? It would be terrifying. They don't seem that bothered. They seem quite chilled about it. Mm. Um, however, that all the bits and pieces that they have, um, that they've created, or um, that they've, they own as part of their lifestyle has already been earmarked for, for swaps. Um, yeah. So, like, the piglets are ready for going off and and they'll get something in return. Um, but, but Barbara's c- considering selling her body. It's quite extreme um, for some petrol. Yes. Although I didn't really... I thought maybe he'd misunderstood and she was alluding to something else, but maybe not. But Tom says that he's already he's already earmarked that for a later time anyway. Yeah. I, I didn't really follow that. I thought maybe there was, like, a double meaning there. When- okay. I didn't pick up on it. Any, regardless, the the obvious solution eventually presents itself to the goods. The Leadbetters um, don't like doing their own domestics. The goods need mm-hmm. money. So they pop round to propose the solution to the Leadbetters. But unfortunately, yes. Margot and Jerry are going at it hammer and tongs arguing in the kitchen due to the stress levels yes. of their housework. They're at each other's throats, aren't they? She's It's brilliant. This scene with Margot... Um, She's so high pitched and dramatic. Um, it it really tickled me this, and it, and it got worse and worse the more that Jerry tried to come in the house. Yeah. Um, it really did make me laugh. She tells him not to bleed in the sink because he's she's just cleaned <laughs> it, not to put anything yeah. in the bin because she's just emptied it. Yeah, emptied it. Um, and that sex is sex is off the table because of all the housework she's got to do. Yeah. But eventually, she becomes so hysterical she starts smashing plates on the floor dramatically. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, definitely... She's got a flair for the dramatic. It's a little bit over the top. She has. She's wonderful. Uh, but, of course, the goods present their solution. And in fairness, Margot has the foresight to realise straight away the problems that would occur having the goods as help. Because she knows... Yes. She knows herself well enough to know what she'll be like and how it might potentially damage their friendship, which is very strong. Yes. She doesn't want the flippancy from the domestics. Um she thinks that's intolerable. It's, she, she can't. T- she can take cheek from a from a neighbour best friends, but not from the help. Yeah, she likes everything in its place, pigeonhole, doesn't she? Mm. So they're friends. Yes. There shouldn't be uh, a blurring of the boundaries by having absolutely. Them. And she she says this right from the right from the outset. So you know, I credit where it's due to Marco. She knows herself, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. She can foresee what's going to happen, and. Um, she she sort of sets the stall out straight away about it. But they're adamant, and Jerry wants to go ahead. Yes. So, uh, weirdly, she she agrees, and then weirdly she says, right, well, uh, Tom and Barbara, if you make the bed, I'm going for a lie down. And I thought, aren't those two things mutually exclusive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do it rounder. Yeah. <laughs> You're breathing too loudly, Tom. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, as Jerry leaves the kitchen and Tom's um, cleaning, 
on the floor. Jerry calls Tom a saucy little minx, like he's some little Victorian maid that he can just um, be a bit handsy with. It was, it was it, 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 yeah, it, it creeped me a little it was bit. It's a bit hashtag different times, wasn't it? Poor Mrs. Pearson is what I've got to say to that. Yeah, imagine what she goes through. <sighs> Margot will have vetted her and picked a really unattractive Possibly, woman. yeah. Well, at least, you know, attraction is uh, in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? And she mm. definitely uh, picked someone that Jerry wouldn't have gone for. Yes, yeah. But then we cut to the next um, brilliant scene, which I really love, <laughs> which is when Barbara um, pops in to see Tom having clearly been working for Margot and just destroys a box in frustration <laughs> at Margot, who she describes as a pathological supervisor. It's a good, that's a good term, I think, to describe Margot in that state. But Felicity Kendall does that brilliantly, doesn't she, when she just mm. takes out all the frustration on the box? Yeah. thought that was excellent. But because Tom, he's making progress in his homemade car and he seems pretty laid back about working for the Leadbetters. Yeah, that seems to annoy Barbara, though, a little bit. She says that you're in one of your life-is-a-cabaret moods. Yeah. Because he's so sort of all right with everything. Unbearable life-is-a-cabaret mood. And that is exactly mm. what he is when he's like that, unbearable. So, um, But, of course, that doesn't last because Margot pops in and chides him for not having started grafting on time. And what does he say? <laughs> it, well, it tips Tom over the edge and he says, who does she think she is? I'll smash her face in. <laughs> it really made me laugh that it was so over the top. I was really shocked. I'll smash, I'll smash her, her face. It's a bit gratuitous, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It is. I mean, clearly, he, and he meant it figuratively, but it still made me laugh yeah. that that was his response. Yeah. It was more something you'd it's expect like, Jerry to say down at Chelsea, isn't it? You just wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with putting that in a TV show. No. Anymore, would no. you? You just wouldn't. It did make me laugh, though. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind it, I must admit. I thought it was funny because he clearly did, had no intention of it. For your information, Tom, it is 2.37. Mr Pearson always started work at 2.15 on Fridays and I expect you to do the same. Now come along. <laughs> Who the hell does she think she is? I'll smash her face. <laughs> and then we, next we see Margot sort of faffing and fussing with cushions and ornaments um, in her front room and then Jerry arrives yes. and Margot launches into a diatribe against the goods for embarrassing her in front of the Surbiton <laughs> Ladies Conservative Association. Um, she Oh, what a, what a collection. That I bet that was a really lovely afternoon. Well, it sounds to me like the goods were having a whale of a time and I, that's exactly oh, what God, I'd yeah. be like. You know, they, uh, apparently they turned Mrs Hornsby's lecture in on the curse of socialism into a total farce because Barbara made silhouettes on the projector whilst Tom was leering at Mrs. Hornsby through the window and making gestures towards the shrubbery. Yes. What do we imagine oh. those gestures would have been? I don't know, but if there's pampas grass involved, I can I can only imagine. Yeah. And the, the Tory Lady Society would not have been on board with this frivolity and silliness. No, absolutely not. But giving giving Mar Margot her her due though, she sort of foresaw that this could be a problem because obviously if you've got the women's con um, conservative group meeting in Margot's front room, and Barbara and Tom helping out, she I think she she sort of foresaw that there could be a clash here. 
Yeah, she called it. Gods, she called it the gods. straight away, didn't she? But they were adamant they wanted to do it. I think it. so. Uh, you know, they yeah, they are largely to blame for this situation. They should yeah. have known better. If they, you know, it's it's like I suppose it's like any well, not not like any job, but plenty plenty of people certainly fourteen above will have worked a job that they hated. And no, yeah. And, and, well, you've got to just toe the line a little bit. Yeah, you hate the people you work for. The people are arseholes, and you just mm. know what you've got to be. And Margot's not an arsehole, but they know what she's like in certain scenarios. Yeah. So they, if they, if they're mm. willing to work for her, they have to be willing to put up with her. Is is my take on it? Just for a month, because it's just for a month that they've got to do the work. So just for a month, if you want the money enough to carry on doing what you're doing, I don't know. Do you? It's that balance, isn't it? Of of do you just sort of stick a pin in your ideals? But it's not so much their ideals, it's just their silliness. They can't stop being silly. Yeah. I mean, because then, and, and that's what I love about them as a couple, to be honest, because then they come in, don't they, and they're still being very silly. The the, the two of them, there's a very funny scene of the two of them messing about, because Barbara says, we haven't had any wages for ages. <laughs> for ages. <laughs> and just like a cute little laugh, and he's cracking up and makes a, makes a quite funny remark about the carpet. Now, see here, you snivelling menials. You better back your ideas up. I'll take a crop to the pair of you. Oh, sorry, sir. Big pardon, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, forgive us, sir, for coming up to the big house without going through the sheep dip first, sir. <laughs> Stand in the corner. Don't speak or anything. I'll set the dogs on you. What do you want? Well, sir, uh, we want, sir, if you can see your way clear, sir, to give us a bit of wages. You see, sir, because we haven't had any wages for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wouldn't ask, sir, and we've had to sell eight of the children already. <laughs> oh, rip. Oh, I beg pardon, ma'am. I didn't see you there. Curtsy, girl, curtsy. <laughs> oh, I'm ever so sorry, ma'am, for standing on the carpet. <laughs> Don't you think it's wearing rather thin? No, it's a lovely bit of carpet, that. <laughs> and then, of course, Margot goes up like a chippy. She does, big time. Calls them a pack of hyenas. And then I think the next scene is presumably much later, or I, I don't, it might even be the following day. I'm not really sure. But in Margot's kitchen, the goods are sort of attempting to apologise. But Tom, again, he just can't help making one of his jokes. Yeah, it doesn't seem to get much better very quickly, does it? it Margot is, is she's so cross. The way that she's tossing that salad, it'll just be like green slutch yeah. by the end of it, I'm sure. She's very annoyed. But she has another one of, Margot has another one of her random soapbox moments here. Where she sort of mm. labels um, everyone not taking things seriously as the reason Britain can't make a decent car, <laughs> and then she sacks them. Sacks them on the spot. Uh, we don't see the reaction to that because it immediately cuts to the to the good shed and the two of them. Yes. Well, initially Barbara looks like she's crying, but in fact she's laughing. Yeah, and Tom's Tom's really lovely about that. He's he's oh come on love, it's okay. Yeah. But then she says, I'm laughing. <laughs> they couldn't, they don't really care. They've already got a bunch of money together to, to make the car run for 10 months. And um, yeah. I think he, uh, Barbara asked a valid question of how Margot would get on with Hugh Scanlon, who is another trade union leader. Mm. So it's quite sort of, quite a lot of political references in this one. In this one, yeah, there is. It might have been a good episode to talk about um, Margot as a, a foreshadowing of Thatcher, because there is there's a there's a sort of pervasive theory that, in a way, the character of Margot Ledbetter helped Thatcher establish herself. Do you think, as as people were watching it in in the late seventies, leading up to the rise of of Margaret Thatcher in nineteen seventy nine, do you think um, 
people would have watched it and seen Margot not as a as a figure of like ridicule. They would have seen her as someone that talked sense, someone that was honest, someone that they knew they knew Margot's. We we know Margot's. I'm a Margot. You know, do you think there were people that were Possibly. watching it that felt like but that? But I think that the 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 crux of the difference between the two, the fictional character and the real Margaret Thatcher, is that Margot had this underlying um humanity and empathy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if people mistakenly thought Thatcher did just because she spoke like Margot and had the same values as Margot, they were in for a bit of a shock. A little bit. Mm. But um there are there are some interesting articles on that. We'll maybe talk about them before next week's episode proper. Yeah. Um so back back to this episode, the goods are about to I think go and have a celebratory pump, aren't they? And then Jerry. <laughs> they are, by the sounds of it, then Jerry pokes his head. Yeah, they look gutted. But then he says, Jerry says, um, I should be very sorry to see you go. I believe that is what one says to parting domestics. <laughs> it's a great line. Oh, heck. He's so upstairs, isn't he? He's so upstairs downstairs. He has no idea what's going on, but he's he always do, he, he's such a good egg, as we said before. He's come in to say sorry, even though he did nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, when they, they try and sort of settle up how much they owe for the week, um, Jerry's got like a figure in his head that's like twice the amount of what yeah. the goods are actually owed, and the, the the goods find that quite um quite remarkable that for for Jerry it is just like it's like monopoly money. Mm. How much do you need? And just whips out a wad of notes. Well, then Jerry asks them a very valid question, which is why they were prepared to do it in the first place, and that's. Like, that's yeah. a very good question. Why didn't Tom just mm. freelance again? Or why didn't he go and make some fucking yeah. cups and plates? Like, um, he's got all these pottery skills. Absolutely. It seems to me that they, like, really what Jerry's doing is he's calling them out on compromising their principles for commercialism once mm. again. And it's just a totally valid point because one week they'll do these things and then they'll go, oh, no, 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 we must be true to our ideals. And then the next week they're working for the man again, or the woman in this case. Yeah, Tom does make a, a decent point though that it's it's only a problem when it's a permanent state. So it's going back to the the Ledbetter's lifestyle and the the job of what of, of what Jerry does being a permanent state of going to work. That's what Tom has the problem with. But he doesn't have a problem with picking up bits and pieces as he goes along in order to get money for what he needs. But like we said before, if you're going to do that then you, you're sometimes going to need to compromise your, on, on your principles and just get on with the job. Get on with the job and do it properly. Well, if he just made like 10 bits of pottery a month, he wouldn't have to find himself <laughs> in this bloody state. Yeah. He didn't have to go the full... Anyway, I've covered that. I'm fall out with your neighbours. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think at this point, Tom unveils the makeshift car, doesn't he? Pr- yes. Proudly, as, as is Tom's we're, want. We're going to be the envy of Surbiton, he says. And Jerry innocently asks about insurance. But of course, simple, naive Tom, he hasn't even thought about that, or tax. No, it didn't cross my mind that you would need a, a, a tax disc for a, a rotary cultivator. Or an MOT. How's he going to get that through an MOT? How'd you get that mot <laughs> Yeah, take it into quick fit, have it put up on the um, on the ramps. It was, it was before the days of seatbelts, when seatbelts were, were um, mandatory, wasn't it? Because you'd mm, struggle yes. to get a seatbelt on that bloody garden bench. <laughs> You'd end up strangled before you'd even come off your drive. Oh, I think, I mean, to be honest, it's ludicrous, really. The thing, what, as we find out later, it does seven and a half mile an hour. I mean, it's not safe, is <laughs> with it? A, with, a, with, a, with a park bench on the back. It's, it's, a, it's a very daft, incredulous idea. And then, of course, we get a funny scene um, 
Um, we see Margot spraying, <laughs> spraying polish all over her fruit and then binning her fruit. Yeah. <laughs> but she does it like she doesn't really give a shit. It's not like, oh, damn it. She's just like, oh, well, fruit's expendable. I'll buy some more. Yeah, Jerry can have them. Madly, the goods arrive and... Um, and it, to Margot's credit, she's been warm and affectionate towards her friends because now they're not the yeah. help, they're the friends. But crazily, they want their jobs back working for Margot, claiming to be reformed characters. And I just don't understand why they'd want to go back to it after. No. But then cheekily, they ask for three month, three weeks of the um, of the pay up front. <laughs> yeah, which Margot gives to them again, being... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, she's convinced reluctantly, I think, possibly because she can see they have a need. And um, she resumes hovering over Barbara as she's working. Yeah, moving moving the ornaments back. And we have to assume from there on that it's kind of mainly harmonious because later that day you see Margot and Jerry invite Tom and Barbara to the pub. Yeah, for a drink and a drive. Yeah. Hashtag different times. Go out and see what you can find. Yeah, hate that song. Do you? Yeah, just because it just sounds like a crazy thing to do. Yeah, but they changed the lyrics when they when they covered oh, some band covered it in the noughties. Okay, and they, they dropped that line and changed it for yeah. something slightly different. Have a I can't remember what it Drinking was. Drinking a skive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would work. <laughs> that could be like the Ferris Bueller's uh, day off. Have a drink in a skive. <laughs> I love that song. I have to say, but um, Margaret finally sees the ridiculous rotary cultivator benchmobile at this point. Yes. Which clearly it's been building up to because she's appalled, as you would expect. Of course. And she orders Jerry to drive off before they can even be associated with it. And poor Tom's shouting, come back, we can only do seven miles an hour. But do we think that Tom is now insured or is he just driving it illegally? I think he's just driving it illegally. Because if you were going to tax it and um, MLT it, that's a wad of cash, isn't it? But then they... Or, or, was, the th- or was the three weeks work... Um, so they could do that. In order to do that. Yeah. It just it seems like Perhaps. a false economy to me. But there we go. That's mm. the sort of funny scene at the end and there the episode ends. Well thank you very much, Jerry. Do you think that there's more to Margot's frustration with Tom and Barbara than you actually see on screen? In what sense? Well, just um, is it just them being silly, or uh, some? You know, sometimes it's like my imagination gets carried away, shall we say? And I can imagine okay. that maybe Tom has like left a massive log in the toilet when he's on his break <laughs> or something like that. You know, that won't fl- one of those that won't flush away, and you think it's gone, but then it and it just keeps popping comes back, crawling up. back up the U bend like bloody Andy Dufresne through the through the <laughs> sewers of Shawshank, like a marine. <laughs> <laughs> just winks at you every time you come in. Oh no, HMS unsinkable. Um, I don't know. I I feel more that she is cross with the fact that she called this at the beginning. She knew this was going to happen. Mm. She knew this wasn't going to be a smooth process, and she didn't want it to happen. She didn't want to blur the lines between friends and and help. And I think she just feels a bit, um, a bit cross that. It's, it's happened as she expected. Mm. And a lot of the time she does sort of express things and you think that's not going to happen. You are projecting things far too much in the future. That's not going to happen. But she called this one. Um, and I think, she, I think she is just sort of at a wit's end with it, perhaps. 
Did I ever tell you about the time um, I went to the chippy one time and I ordered ordered my food and they put in an extra sausage that none of us wanted? All right. Have I told you the story before? <laughs> no. And then like none of us wanted it. I knew the kids wouldn't eat it, so I, uh, the, the kids didn't know it was there. This is going back six or seven years. Uh, so I just threw it down a U-bend. I just threw it in the toilet. And then I stood in the corridor going, which one are you little bastards? And then they, they both come out and they're like, well, it, it wasn't me. And I was like, well, look at the girth on it, Jack. It didn't come out of his ass, did it? And he's going, well, it wasn't me. And they're getting really defensive. And then I just like plunged my hand in and grabbed it and threw it at Jack. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was not happy. He did not speak to me for some time after that one. <laughs> I bet if someone threw a toilet sausage at me, I would be very upset. There we go. We've got a name for the episode now. Toilet sausage. Right. Well, okay. Let's move on to our uh, MVP. Yes. I have my MVP. Judging by what we've already said in this one about uh, yeah. how we admire how she handled it, I think we might be on the same page. Are we? The Pearsons. No, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, definitely Margot this week for yeah. me. Me too. Um, for For having... The foresight to make a decision and and to be understandably upset about it when it all goes wrong. Yeah, for everything we've already said, she was brilliant. But also, mm. her histrionics were brilliant. They were so funny to watch with, with the yes. plate smashing and the random soapbox moments. Yes. They were yeah. hysterical. And leading on to Fashion Corner, um, she, was, she goes above and beyond this week. Well, should we have a trip over there now? Yes, let's do that. Fashion corner, fashion corner, fashion corner, fashion corner. So there's lots to lots to talk about this week. Um, very much Margot um, centric. Um, Margot initially in she ha- she has this um, orange collared jumpsuit on. Um, I think a couple of times in the episode with like a nautical headscarf um, that's got like ships, wheels and um, it's in like red, white and blue that she, that she wears. That's her sort of um, her work uniform, this, this jumpsuit and the, and the headscarf, which is beautiful. Um, I think she later later pairs that with a, a, um, a union flag pinny. Yeah. Which is like uber, uber UK. Um, Did you like that? Look about Because I thought it was, it, again, looking through 40 years later, it looked a little bit chavvy almost to me. I think uh, it, it was of a time. I think around that time, sort of around the 70s when we just joined the EU, I can imagine that she was still very much pro, yeah. pro-UK. Um, and it, it suited her. It suited her. Well, she always say she can wear anything and make it look good. Absolutely. Um, later on, she's um, we see her in, in like a geometric white dress with peach and black shapes on it, um, which was beautiful. Um, and then a powder blue collared dress, which has got these like enormous sleeves flapping about on it. Um, but the I need to make a special mention for the spotty ruffled pinny, pinny when she's having a, a dicky fit tossing the salad. Um, she's got like a spotty pinny on. Mm. Um, which is it, it's it's quite comical. It's quite a comical piece of um, it's not a piece of clothing. I don't suppose a penny, but for as like the uniform that she has on the Margot uniform, it's quite comical seeing her that juxtaposition of the Margot character wearing a spotty ruffled penny is quite yeah quite comedic. Um, and then we see her later on in the episode um, when she's squitting polish all over the apples and she's got like a, a caftan and matching turban. She proper burnt through the budget in this one, didn't she? I don't know what you'd wear. I don't know when you'd wear that. I don't know what um, 
because she's cleaning but I'd I, I, I see like a caftan and turban as kind of like afternoon G&T sitting on the sofa attire but she's um, obviously trying to keep up with the jobs um, also a, um, a quick mention to Barbara um, she has um, this this anorak Barbara's anorak uh, it's like a royal blue padded wax jackety kind of um, it's like a puffer puffer isn't it like a puffer yeah Sorry, it is a little like bit Peter it's got Pitt's a bit of a puffer puffer a... jacket from Atletico Mins <laughs> it's a bit of a like a barber coat you know not, not like a hair cutting man um, you, you know like um, posh outdoorsy it's called barber isn't it yeah barber yeah yeah um, kind of look to it like a wax jacket so she Barbara and blue Barbara's blue clothes I don't know this is, she, it must be one of her colours blue because she, she really suits anything that she wears that's blue having said that um, with denim dungarees and a black jumper um, and she, I say quite often that Barbara's look in this um, I, I quite like that's while I would wear a lot of Margot's clothes and go yeah that's amazing I would I would put that on tomorrow um, Barbara's like everyday clothing I just think she looks dead smart and dead cute all the time. She does. And yeah, I would. I think I would be selecting Barbara's clothes a lot of the time as well. Going back to um, Margot's penny. Yes. I like to think that Jerry probably has a titty apron somewhere that he wears when he has to do it. Of course he does. Oh, he does. He's bound to, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> like a maid. Like, <laughs> like a maid with tits out. Yeah, yeah, Pinny. definitely. And then Margot. Oh, that's it. Margot so- comes home and finds him. Tom on the it. saucy little minx. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's all falling into place now, isn't it? That's what happens. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So, um, next week's episode. Yes. Is Series 3, Episode 4, I Talk to the Trees. Ah, oh, okay. My only memory is of one of those outdoor scenes. And a, a a very old man telling them how he helps his plants grow by talking to them and naming them. By talking to yeah. them. I don't okay. really remember much beyond that, but uh, yeah, so I can't remember if it's a particularly good one or not, but we'll pull it apart next week, as we always do, and have a look at it. Excellent. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So if you're enjoying what we're doing and you want to join in, find us at Saddle Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook and you can find us by searching for Saddle Podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, saddle.club, where you can also get more information about us, read our blog posts, and listen to the episodes in your browser if you don't do podcast apps. Um, get in touch with us, we love that. Email us at saddlepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell us all the things that we've missed. Um, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, and we also, it's worth mentioning that we do tweet out and um, also on in- Instagram and Facebook, we do tweet out some rare video footage of the show and extraneous things that came out of the show, like the Good Life adverts, <laughs> don't we, that had Tom and Barbara in. Oh, yeah, the Polaroids. And uh, this week I tweeted out something with Margot presenting the end of the 70s programme. Did you see that? I did see that. So there's all there's all sorts of extra content if you follow us on social, which is worth having a look at. Yeah, get in touch. Okay, so um, in the in the words of Tony Hart, see you next time. <laughs> Goodbye. All silly. Goodbye.